You're listening to the Dirty 20 Podcast. My name is Fraser Shepherdson, your ever-faithful dungeon master. And before we begin today, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which we are recording in Melbourne, Australia, the Rwandari people of the Eastern Kulin Nations. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and any First Nations people in our audience today. Sovereignty was never ceded. This is, and always will be, Aboriginal land. Now, on to the show. I have thought for a long time now, since we talked about starting this podcast back in July of last year, I think was the first time it was raised. I've been thinking a lot about what I want to say for the first episode, what I want to, um, what I want my first impression to be. And I think I want to go on record by saying that I have... I've conned you all. <laughs> um, when we started playing D&D two years ago for the first time together, I'm sure it never occurred to you that I would swindle you into making a podcast with me. No, I assumed that was the... Oh, really? <laughs> that was the conclusion. That was, you immediately kind of clocked onto that? Yeah. Oh, well, good. Um, no, I've, I've wanted to start a podcast for a long time and for years, but I knew I couldn't do it by myself. And for years, mm-hmm. people told me, Fraser, don't start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> Which is good advice, <laughs> I suppose. Here we are. And, and here we are. And here we are. Um, jokes aside, welcome to the first episode of the Dirty 20 podcast. It's really, really Yo. exciting. Um, I suppose we should, uh, we should introduce ourselves. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll begin. Um, my name is Fraser Shepherdson. I am... Uh, I'm the dungeon master of this group and I am relatively new to the to the DMing scene I started DMing uh, six years ago that that is relatively new like in comparatively because I've only DMed 5th edition whereas a lot of people out there I think have DMed they were DMing back in 3.5 and 4th edition this is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast it is a court yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh jeez I didn't need that um, We're young. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the guy who mean? played the first ever edition. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. You can play the first in edition a of yours. <laughs> yeah. In a dream. Yeah. I met Gary Gygax. Um, I'm an actor. I like to think of myself as a writer, even though I haven't written anything that's... Um, that I intend on publishing. I'm supposed to tell them we're acting. <laughs> <laughs> now they have standards. Yeah. Right? No, now they have standards. I think it's important to be to be honest with our audience okay, about, about who we are. Um, oh, I got a long list then. <laughs> <laughs> How would we describe ourselves? If not actors. I'm a. 
person. <laughs> I'm a professional idiot. <laughs> Actors aren't people. No. No, but it's in like our profession. It's like I, I, I sit around, yeah. play Dungeons and Dragons. We could we could just not be who we say we are, mm. and they would exactly. they would never know. It's like true. an accountant. Um, what else should I say? How else should I introduce myself? Oh, I'm from a city called Perth originally, and I'm now living in Melbourne with with these chumps, um, and I am. I never know how to like round off intros and pass it on to the next person. It's like, I'm excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. Over to you, Aaron. <laughs> Hi there, my name is Aaron Jalaris. Uh, I will be playing the character of uh, Missy, uh, the high elf artificer, whose pronouns are they, them, but me, Aaron, my pronouns are he, him. I've been playing D&D for two years and I'm very, very excited to get started. Great, thanks, Aaron. I'm Sol. Um... <laughs> The Lord Master of the group. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, for sure. that's an official title. I will be playing the character Archie, um, who is a human class yet to be decided. What? <laughs> what? what? I just like to leave it a little bit secretive. Oh, oh okay. okay. Um, I'm sure it won't be secretive for very long. Yeah. Um, I gain sentience when. Um, when yeah, keep going. a person named Alice came and um, decided to, um, and I wanted a brain, so I came to life. Um, I think he's talking about his birth. Solomon! <laughs> <laughs> so this is a big introduction. Um, yeah. Getting a blow by blow. You notice how I sort of did just like 10, 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of passed on. And then what happened? Um, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's about all that's that is interesting on. for me. <laughs> Isha. My god. My name is uh, Isha Menon, and I'm playing, uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm playing um, a little child halfling who I didn't quite realize how small she was. Yeah, she, it's a she, her as well. And, she's um, about 30 centimetres tall, <laughs> I think is what we figured out. And, and, and I wanted the record ruler. that uh, Fraser has always been very supportive and happy with my decision to play a child in the I campaign. I have not. <laughs> you know, I can't wait till you're enthusiastic even. I can't wait till your character gets kicked. Oh my god, the first sign of physical violence <laughs> against my character is going to be traumatic for everyone. Um, <laughs> Fraser just leaves Emily. So. <laughs> and yes, that's, that's all that's interesting about me. Did you go? Hello, my name is Hugo Gutteridge. I'm playing Mace Khan, who is a Leonin uh, barbarian. Uh, Leonin is like a lion person. And I started, uh, my pronouns are he, him. I started D&D two years ago with this group. And yeah, I'm very excited. Cool. Uh, my name is Jess Lou, and I am playing Rizzy in this campaign. I currently have a lisp, which I don't normally have. Um, it's because I bit my tongue. Mm. So hopefully in the following sessions, I don't speak like this. Um, but it's going to be part of my character. So I thought your character bit her tongue. You're just really... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm method acting. Yeah. 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 Um, and I'm, re- I'm really excited to play. Yeah, We've been playing for yeah two years, and... I feel like this is sort of an inevitable thing for actors mm. to make make a performance make a out of out of an enjoyable <laughs> hobby pastime. Yeah. yeah, we have to. We're not getting any help from anyone else. <laughs> We've had no support. So. Oh no. Yeah, awesome. Um, so it's worth mentioning that we're playing in the fifth edition system. Um, we will we will take the time to explain a few mechanics, though. I wouldn't 
uh, I wouldn't consider this podcast to be any sort of tutorial on how to play Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. There are uh, loads of awesome resources out there, and yeah. we don't we actually don't play that play. well. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would not a tutorial. That, that would be really great. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome because we um, actually don't. What is this game? <laughs> say, fifth what, edition? What, Pathfinder. Um, <laughs> the the world that we are playing in is an original world that has been in development uh, for quite a while now. I first started writing it in when I. I think it was 2018, I think. And then I brought it over to these guys and we started our main campaign, our, our home campaign, I should say, um, in this world. And then they helped develop it with me. And yeah, it's been, it's been really, really cool to kind of create this thing and then hand it over to people and see what they what their input is um it's an original adventure as well so it's one that's been written it's not um not a pre-existing one and we do use quite a few homebrew rules as well so those are rules that aren't in the official uh dungeons and dragons book they're things that just modify gameplay a bit and we'll point those out as we as they come up i was also thinking maybe we will uh when this episode comes out we've got our instagram page live we'll post the rules on our instagram page yeah so people can like have a look and just so they're constantly confused about what we're doing. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think that's a good idea. Speaking of, our Instagram page is Dirty Twenty Podcast at Dirty Twenty Podcast, all one word, all one. Gotta follow word. it, and hopefully we have a world anvil up by the time that this has come out as well. Which, I hope. Which Hugo and I have not started on, um, but you know, it's a daunting website. <laughs> you have lots of information, but it's a on. wonderful tool. And if you want to sponsor us, get in touch. All right, let's <laughs> <find some DVD. laughs> Welcome to the world of the Divine Canvas. Every age of existence begins and ends with the artist and the architect, the two ultimate divine forces of creation which preside over a corner of the multiverse known as the Divine Canvas. The artist is a force typically associated with feminine energy and is responsible for seeding the Divine Canvas with life and breathing the five elements into existence, Earth, fire, water, air, and the magical force known as color. The architect is a force responsible for the natural laws that govern the world and its inhabitants, and is typically associated with masculine energy. The canvas is in its 500th age of existence, with the world of Kel Theron at its cosmological center. The world where our story begins. It is the year 999 of the 500th age. Two suns, almost past their zenith in the clear sky, beam down on a sturdy sailing ship called the Salt Wind, as it smoothly cuts through the ocean waves, wind filling the large sails. The smells of rusted metal and creosote mingle with each other and drift into the briny air. A tall, muscular dragonborn with scales the colour of the ocean shouts orders from the helm that are echoed back by the crew who move fluidly about the deck. The journey so far has been pleasant, the winds steady, and the skies clear as Caltheron nears the new millennium. Now, amongst the crew on the salt winds, there are a variety of travellers and passengers who are travelling from the continent of Sassanil across the Darakas Ocean to the continent of Talon, where the mighty Sulkalut Empire exists. Everyone on this ship has their own reasons for travelling back. It's a very commonly, uh, commonly travelled route. Um, and amongst these travellers, this wealth of travellers, are five individuals. I imagine it begins with us looking down on 
of the ship as it cuts through the waves, the sound of the waves bobbing against the, the hull and the soft breaking of the waves as well. And we drift through the cargo hatch of the salt wind and we see a group of people surrounding a man who steps backwards as he is clocked in the face by an enormous paw and blood is pouring down his uh, pouring down his face and everyone lets out this loud cheer and it is this musky like s- smells of sweat and blood just it is thick and all of these sailors and, and burly looking folks from all over who happen to be on the ship are crowded around and this Leonin takes a step forward towards this man as he backs up his eyes wide, like wild and he's reeling looking as if he's about to pass out would you like to describe what a Leonin is and what this Leonin looks like yeah so a Leonin is a um, lion person in the sense that they are sort of like a minotaur which has you know a cow's head but in this case it's a lion's head um, and they are six foot six and there is a lot of noise going on. Apparently, we are lucky enough to be blessed by the presence of a street cleaner out there. Yeah, thank you very much. Right outside um, which the is window, awesome. Damn you! <laughs> There's someone um, on deck start. just with like one of those like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Things that, like, oh, oh, you this is designed one of those for the shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sorry. this this particularly on and the on and typically very very large um, and quite well built um, and this particular Leonin is six foot six um, they are sort of tawny haired and um, have a large hairy mane they're not wearing a shirt especially I mean, in this case they're definitely not wearing a shirt but they never wear a shirt um, they have thick hemp pants on and they've just got scars all over their body um, including these sort of thick clean almost surgical scars running up their arms back and their neck um, and they also have this sort of one defining feature that's sort of different about them is they have um, a wooden medallion that's shaped like a sort of crudely cut axe around their neck. Um, and they don't have their weapons on them, but that'll become apparent. And their name is Mace Khan. The man with wild eyes and blood pouring down his face takes a step back and weakly raises his fists and then shakes his head and spits out a glob of blood and saliva and looks back up at you. He is about to about to pass out. He has very little fight left in him, but clearly he has some kind of uh, compunction about being, uh, being defeated in battle. So he... <sighs> All right then, Mace. Is that your best shot? <sighs> <laughs> Roll to attack. Hey, 15. 15 hits. And with that, you step in and with one final blow, an overhand strike just <laughs> cracks him from the temple down to the jaw and he stumbles back and falls down on his ass and puts his hands there and everyone starts cheering and this uproar goes up. <laughs> and, then, and then there's the sound of heavy footfalls above you and the cargo hatch swings open and looking down on you is Captain Rashan, the dragonborn with scales the colour of the ocean. And he looks down at the, at the crowd and the fight that is taking place and then, all right, that'll be quite enough, I think. Mace, was it? Yes. Please do try not to kill the crew. I know it's tempting, but we do rather need them. Oh, no, he's quite tough. Mm-hmm. 
back to work, you lot. And then turns around and leaves. And the man on the floor weakly stands to his feet and then shakily falls back down and then stands up again. Can I walk and try and find, like, a kind of wet towel or some kind of wet thing? Mm-hmm. And just go up to him, chuck it to him. And there's a rag that's like covered in creosote oil. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe sucks it. Yes. Ah! <laughs> give it to him and Disgusting. Well done. <sighs> what was your name? <sighs> Name's Christed. You got a mighty fine punch there, mate. <laughs> Thank you. You're not too bad yourself. <sighs> and touches his nose and then oh! it just cracks. Ah! Oh, and then one of the one of the people in the crowd calls out. Chris said, you might want to go see that doctor about that. That looks pretty nasty. And he, uh, yeah, I tend to think you're right. All right, well, uh, <laughs> give you another round in a few days. For sure. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. And he extends his hand to shake. Dumb boy. I take it. Cool. And then we follow this gentleman as he turns around and stumbles through the crowd, walks through the, the lower deck of the ship, and then... Comes to comes to a door, door to a cabin, and then there's <coughs> as he knocks on the door. And, uh, doctor, I think I'll be needing your needing your services at the moment if you're free. <laughs> I open the door. <laughs> the door swings open, and standing in the door is. Uh, would you like to take over from here? Yes. Uh, standing at the door is a five foot ten. Uh, elf, high elf, uh, with rich auburn hair on one side of their head. The other side is buzzed, uh, shaved. Uh, they have goggles that they're wearing currently on their forehead, uh, and they have a thick leather apron, which you can see has many, many blood and oil stains all through it. They've got leather gloves on with similar markings, uh, and this is. Dr. Missy, also uh, their full name is Misrandas Kelthaladron, uh, and uh, looking at them is, is, is kind of odd because they are, as befits their elven ancestry, incredibly naturally beautiful, almost magically beautiful, but it's also apparent that they put zero effort into looking like that at all. They're covered in blood, covered in grease, covered in oil, but it just shines through. Uh, I see this this person uh, bruised and bloody. By the nine levels of hell, get in here. Was it Mace again? Uh, yeah, might have been him. Might have. Might have. Not. Oh, sit down. Sit down. So Missy is not by no means the the permanent surgeon of this ship either. I imagine she's probably just taken a cabin and and converted it into somewhat of an infirmary. Yeah. Uh, it's a combination of infirmary and like a like a workshop mm. sort of thing. And you can already see there are tools everywhere, there's a little stretcher bed set up for patients and stuff like that. They very much made it their own instantly. Chris mm-hmm. Ted stumbles in, he slumps himself down on the bed and just ah, touches his touches his nose um, that is still bleeding quite heavily and um, the door were, that was left ajar um, he glances over to it and then uh, it's that damn girl's cat again. <laughs> I've been telling them that it's bad luck to have a cat on board, but no one seems to 
no one seems to mind you Rob just, because she's 12 years you old. You just started a fight with a giant cat. Oh, whatever. You need to worry yourself less with the little cat and more getting punched in the face by a giant Leonin. Good lord. <laughs> sure enough, there is a very mangy looking stray that wanders into the room and weaves uh, themselves between Missy's legs. And Smelly, you dang thing. Amalda! Amalda, get your dang stinky cat out of here! Oh, that's where she is! <laughs> the sound of very light footfalls, like almost inaudible given how small this individual is, come pattering uh, towards the towards the cabin. What is what does Amalda look like? Um, so Amalda not wise mortis. Um, she is uh, very small and she's pretty much just all elbows and knees, just incredibly scrawny. Um, and she's got very dark skin and thick dark hair that's been cut off at shoulder length because she thought it'd be cool to have short hair. Um, and she's got these big dark eyes that are just way too inquisitive about everything around her. Um, and her companion is a fat, grey, stinky cat that is a menace to literally everyone, for some reason puts up with her, unbeknownst to anyone around her and uh, is her best friend currently. That's who she's crawling all over the floor for China Reach <laughs> as we speak. Amanda, I've said I cannot have this cat in here during working hours. It is a hygiene uh, danger to my patients. Oh, but I gave her a wash the other day, though. You know, she, she definitely scratched my eyes out, but, you know, she, she, she's washed. Not to mention it's bad luck having a cat on board. You shut up. You, you have no right to speak about bad luck, all right? You've been out here punching cats already, so you stay calm. But seriously, it is a disgusting mangy thing, and I can't come and eat it. It's been chewing on my tools. Oh, did she pee on you again? Not on me, but she's been peeing everywhere. Oh, that's okay. I've been trying to potty train her, but all I've managed to do is tell her that instead of peeing on people's feet, she now pees on other things around people, so, yeah. Amalda! Amalda! One of the other children that is on board the ship comes running out. Oh, there you are. Archie's asking after you. Oh, well, I found Smelly Belly if you want to meet her. And I hold her up and her claws are literally extended rigidly. Ah, and she just starts hissing at this child. And then, just come back, okay? And she turns around and rushes off up, okay. up uh, above deck. Wait, Amalda, before you go, I got something for you. And I go and I collect uh, Amalda's, like, leather armour, which I stole in the middle of the night. <laughs> And you can see it's got some runes now inscribed on it, sort of along the shoulder parts. And I go, I've been uh, looking at your armor and I figured it could do some work. So here you go, take this. It's all new and improved. Uh, hopefully Smelly Belly won't be able to scratch it through it quite as well. Thank you. Um, and yeah, sorry if she pees on something again. I think she's figured out that she likes your knives. So. That's all right. Just try to keep her out of here during business hours. Okay. But you now have plus one AC. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Very, Thank very you. Nice. This is all an, uh, a group effort to try and stop the child from dying yes. in an inauspicious moment. Yeah. Um, I'm you overboard. <laughs> <laughs> no armor's going to help you then. Nah. So I grab Smelly Belly in a way that her belly is just portended under my, under my arm and then I race after the children. And as you leave, you just hear... Right, now this is going to hurt a bit, but try not to scream. And you just hear this loud crack. <laughs> screaming as the door closes too to Missy's, uh, Missy's cabin. And we follow Amalda with Smelly Belly in her, uh, in her vice grip um, as she rushes above deck. And we can see that there are crew uh, just going about, their, going about their duties, tying off uh, ropes and 
wiping down the, uh, the the deck. There are a few passengers here and there, and as you come up above deck, there's a woman who just leans over the, the railing and <laughs> throws up into the ocean. Um, and you follow the child towards a larger group of children who are sitting cross-legged um, near the mast, and on the mast there has been this, uh, some kind of like, I don't know what the medieval equivalent of a blackboard is. Some kind of like, I don't know, just a, a plank of wood. A plank of wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. chalk and just on a... Yeah. yeah. We, we, this is a highly researched podcast. Yes, it is. Very yeah. 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 I take I my believe the exact very term. <laughs> <laughs> so there are these children crowding around the mast, which has this plank of wood that has been very haphazardly fastened to the mast, and it has these scrawlings and charcoal across it. And standing uh, next to the next to the wood with charcoal in hand is Archie. Archie. <laughs> what does Archie look like? Archie is a very tall, um, six foot four, extremely skinny, small framed person. He has rough skin complexion, uh, white skin complexion with uh, unhealthy looking red uh, patches um, around his eyes and nose. He has a very long face, a very thin, delicate looking uh, nose, um, shoulder length graying light auburn hair, darker brown unkempt um, mutton chops. Uh, He has a bit of chub around his jawline. Uh, He's not the most attractive person. Um, He wears, he has a very distinct red scarf. Uh, tucked under some brownish tunic rogue style shirt. Um, he has two earrings pierced on the top of his ear um, and he has an interesting uh, clean looking uh, ring that is slightly pulsing red. Mm-hmm. And the child that came and collected you, Amalda, turns and come on, come on, come on! And then they uh, hurries over to the group of kids and pushes themselves in and takes a seat in front of you, Archie. <clears throat> Alright, alright, lesson's almost over, okay? Now, just the final word for today, and Amalda, I've been looking for you everywhere. Where have you been? I've already done this lesson. Well, I already know this lesson, and I come for the special part at the end when you tell us a special word. Yeah, alright. Look, I've had some complaints about the amount of profanity that has been in our special parts of the lesson, so... Today's special word is proboscis. Aww. What? What? It's fun. Proboscis. But last, but the last lesson you taught us how to say fuck, though. Yeah, well, that's why I got complaints. Oh, okay. Because all you little snotty children have been going around, you know, just screaming it from the rooftops. They all start giggling with one another. <laughs> well, maybe you should be proud of the fact that, you know, we're taking pride in your lessons and practising what we learn. I don't want no funny business, no talk back from you, all right? Um, now, proboscis. Proboscis. All right, I'm going to write on the board and you're going to remember it. For next time, alright? And I will be quizzing you. Is there a way that I can use fucking proboscis in the one sentence? Absolutely, there is. I'm very proud of you. Okay. Now <laughs> <laughs> is immediately super interested in this. One of the children looks over their shoulder, um, clearly one of the children paying less attention to the lesson currently going on. Nearby the mast in the... Oh, sorry. No, yeah, nearby the mast there is a... Um, uh, a large, what's called a mangonel, which is like a, a small catapult mounted in the in the center of the deck, and the way that the ship is uh, 
kind of divided is there's the hold, which is the very, very bottom of the ship where all the cargo is stored. There's the lower deck where the cabins and the, the, the kitchen and the charts room is. There's the main deck, which is obviously where we are currently. And then there's the forecastle and the quarter deck, which are like these, uh, I don't know what to call it, like these parts of the ship that are slightly raised at the very front of the ship mm-hmm. and the very back of the ship. On the forecastle, there is a very impressive looking ballista. This ballista is of Veldalkin make. Now, the Veldalkin people, not much is known about them in the world of the Divine Canvas other than the fact that they arrived from somewhere else, somewhere completely otherworldly, and they have since somewhat assimilated into various societies across Keltharen, and they have given their... They've gifted some of their technological prowess to the people as well. And walking around the ballista at the at the forecastle of the ship is a woman. What does this woman look like? Uh, this woman is very tall, 6'6". Six, six, um, bald, completely no hair. Um, a blue that is like a royal uh, blue that in the light sort of turns green. Uh, pointy ears and small gills on the back of her neck. Um, <coughs> she wears an elbow-length cloak that goes to her ankles um, that also has a hood. Uh, Metal-heeled boots, which don't really look in place in on a ship, uh, but she wears them all the time. She's dripping in gold... Oh, sorry. She's dripping in blue crystal jewellery that shimmers like the ocean does in the sun, and pants that look like an otherworldly sort of skin-tight chainmail. Um... She has a warhammer slung across her back and two maces at her hips. Hmm. So one of the children at Archie's lesson stands up and rushes up uh, away Where from Where you going? Archie. Oh, fuck, not another one. Rushes away towards the forecastle and calls out, Rizzy, Rizzy, and rushes in. Yes, little one. And then it comes up to you and just wraps themselves around your legs and gives you, gives you a hug and then looks back. One of the children, one of the other children was telling me that some of your people have four arms. Why don't you only have two? (laughs) Uh, That's not quite correct. We all have two arms. Oh. Why did you tell me that? You can believe that we have four arms. You would just be incorrect. I'm going to believe that you have four arms. (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) Turns, looks over their shoulder and back down to Archie and the rest of the children. i got to go. We're learning a word. Probasis <clears throat> turns around and rushes off. Why don't I come with you then? <laughs> she chases after. Yeah, and you chase after the child who grabs your hand and leads you down towards can, Archie. Can I walk onto the main deck mm-hmm. well? What's the word? What's the funny word there? It's proboscis. But I did find out you can use fuck and proboscis in the same sentence, so you can make it exciting like that. What's proboscis mean? I don't actually know. I didn't bother asking. Yeah, uh... Good question, actually. Uh, I think I think it means like uh, something Is to it do. Like, fuck. No, you know, shit. like uh, mosquitoes. Oh, does it mean a mosquito? No, they've got proboscises. But which part? There's a lot of parts of the mosquito. Yeah, maybe it's just the wings. I think you'll actually anyway, find that a proboscis that's is not a fun word. part of the flower, and it's the middle part that um, helps bees uh, pollinate. Oh, you can't really use that with the word. Oh, I don't know if that's right, actually. Um, 
Look, I don't know if you're taking the lesson here, but uh, I'm at can the front. I use the word, can I use the word proboscis to mean whatever, the f whatever I want? Whatever yeah. the fuck I want, in fact. Yeah, <laughs> put it in the sentence for me and we'll see. We'll, okay. see if, we'll just see how it sounds. If it sounds, right. Okay, okay, it sounds okay. right. So, what if I said, what if I said to you, you're a big, grotty old proboscis. That is perfect. <laughs> that okay. is... Okay, I like this one. You are my favourite student. Oh, thank you. Oh, so hey. have you been teaching them swear words? No. no. <laughs> I just sort of like give them a very dubious look. <laughs> Suddenly, there are a there's a chorus of shouts that go up from the crew, and they start to scramble everywhere, frantically drawing in the sail. And there's these this order that echoes across the ship says, "All hands, full stop! Sails in, bring us to a full stop!" And everyone starts to look around at what's going on. And not far from the ship now, there are these low breaking waves, which signify the presence of a reef. And it isn't much longer before all the children start to get up and scream and a few of the passengers start to look um, like out into towards the reef and to see what's going on. But the ship starts to slow and these shouts keep, keep going and going and going. But it's not enough. And the ship oh, is suddenly no. brought to a very abrupt stop. I need everyone to make a dexterity saving throw. If I'm below deck, I have advantage. No. <laughs> if anything, you'd have disadvantage. <laughs> It's a deck saving throw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you go. 19. Uh, 19. Okay. So that's... Oh, 16. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> First nat one of the session. Hey. Congratulations. <laughs> we seem to have a, a habit of rolling either natural 20s or natural ones really frequently. Yep. So that's one for the tally. Okay, so we had a three, a natural one, a sixteen, five, a five, 19. and a nineteen. It okay, does, so does make sense. we are the tallest. <laughs> Everyone save Amali and uh, Missy are knocked prone as you're thrown forward and <coughs> onto the deck, and a lot of I the think because that Missy's come up to the deck. Yes, like, by the nine hells, what is going on? So there are people picking themselves up and looking around, and the ship is um, has essentially been brought to a complete stop and pandemonium starts to rise before there's a shout from Captain Rashan, who is up at the quarter deck behind the wheel. They come forward and they put their hands on the railing and, all right, that's quite enough. We will figure out who is responsible for this, but first, I think the priority is getting the ship moving. Crew, see what you can do, and pushes back. Passengers, don't worry yourselves, this shouldn't take very long. And then the crew begin to unfurl the sails. A couple of them start to prepare rowboats um, to try and pull the ship away from the reef. And a few of them um, throw a rope ladder over the side of the ship um, to, and they start climbing down to the reef to see if there's any way that they can dislodge the ship, which is now uh, essentially... What's, I don't know what the word for it is when a ship gets stuck. The ship is now stuck and there's ocean everywhere on Beached? all sides. Beached. Ca Beached. Captain. Oh, no. Captain. Yes. Uh, Missy, it, was it? Dr. Missy. Dr. Missy, thank Pleasure. you. Uh, if I can provide uh, basic repair services, if I can be of any help, uh, I can fix wood, stone, metal. Hmm. Well, I appreciate that, Doctor. Bosun Kiris will uh, take care of the repair effort, and if they need you, I'm sure they will let you know. Thank no you. Worries. Uh, was anyone hurt? Uh, any scrapes, bruises, bumps? I think um, I was holding Missy for a second there, but she kind of flew out of my hand, so I don't. You were know holding me. No, Missy. No, not Missy. Smelly Belly. 
I know what I'm talking <laughs> about. I know the name of my cat. And then the cat with Missy's face on it is just stumbling. <laughs> oh, oh my fucking god! god. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Mace, Mace, can I can I uh, talk to you real quick? Mm-hmm. Can I see your can I see your hands, paws? What do you call them? Hands. Hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been treating some of your let's say victims uh, down in my office for a while now, and. How are your hands feeling? They must be a little bit bruised by now. I looked down at my hands, which have like almost just patchy bits of hair because the rest is just scars and calluses. Yeah, um, look, I'm not here to encourage violence. I am a medical professional, but if you are going to uh, commit heinous acts of violence upon other members of this crew, you should at least do it safely. That's why I don't use my claws. No, I mean for you, not for them. Also, for, yeah, that's also good. Uh, and I get some tape out. I just start taping your hands. It's like, this should provide some security because you don't want to break a, a knuckle or anything like that. So, you know, be smart when you're beating the, the hard-working members of this crew half to death. You're a machine, Rocky. <laughs> and if you can't avoid the nose, it's just that takes a lot longer to heal. Mm-hmm. So jaw hits would be good. Or... But gut no, shots. Nose discombobulates them. Yeah, and it's we need our crew members to be at their best. Mace has no comprehension. Um, <laughs> why did they fight me then? Uh, they're, they're salt of the earth people. You know, they need some excitement to keep them going, but be nice to them. Okay. You're a big boy. Most of them are significantly smaller than you. Uh, so, you know, go, maybe slap. Slap. <laughs> you could slap them. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, boy. Missy. And I'm just gonna tape up your hands. I'm gonna nice I'm gonna sidle up to Mace. Did you slap him? Oh what, <laughs> what is your problem? <laughs> she told me to. Alright, alright. Look now. Just don't do that. Now Did you win again? Mm-hmm. I thought we talked about this. You weren't winning, remember? There was no betting this time. There not that you know of. Oh. And I pull out a small coin patch. Look, I gotta fill this up somehow, right? Now, mm-hmm. I know it's hard for you to comprehend, right? But there's a whole scheme behind it. You're big and muffly, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of those sailors have got big bellies. They don't look very like intimidating. So if they win, I get money. Right. And then I give you 5%. <laughs> it's a lot of money. How much money? 5% worth. <laughs> May starts counting his hands. And without That's warning, half the numbers. <laughs> without warning, there is a scream okay. that happens over the coming from over the side of the ship down towards the reef. And you, people rush over towards the railing and then one of the crew shouts out, Sea Devils, Captain! The Sea Devils on the reef! And they all look, you rush over to this railing and you look over the edge and you can see there are four sailors which have made their way down onto the reef and climbing up over the edge of the reef towards them are these strange Piscine-looking anthropomorphic creatures that have this blue skin and these wide mouths like a shark and these like big, um, these big wide eyes and they carry these very crude 
looking spears and they're just like pacing across the reef towards the sailors who are now scrambling to get up the, the rope ladder and one of the, the captain Rushan comes rushing down to the railing and then orders muskets muskets now and then one of the crew shouts back to them captain the muskets are below deck they'll be dead before we get them and then the people start to scream as, as the sailors are scrambling to try and get up the rope ladder what are you guys doing um, <clears throat> I am going to run to I imagine my my weapons are just like leaning somewhere mm-hmm. so I rush and I grab three javelins and a light crossbow put them around my back and then grab a large sledgehammer like maul that's like a giant rock welded to a thick piece of timber and I just jump off the side of the boat onto okay the roll initiative oh god <laughs> oh, terrible no. roll yeah. oh, terrible roll um, that's a seven. Seven for Mace. Rizzy? Seven. Seven for Rizzy. Huh. Archie. Four. Four for Archie. <laughs> uh, Amali. Nine. Nine. Oh, oh no. God. Missy? Seven. seven. Oh, <laughs> no! On. At least we're all going uh. together. <laughs> well, they rolled terribly as well. Pretty trash as well. Yeah, So, boy. Mace, you leap over, oh my the, over the edge of the railing and you come <laughs> splashing down. Should I make it? Um, you will take because you fell 10 feet roughly you take 3 points of bludgeoning damage yeah. as you hit the reef now are you wearing shoes oh Do you think you fucking he doesn't wear shoes but he's got pretty thick pads okay like beneath. it's like the equivalent of shoes is what it said alright well I'll give you resistance but the reef is very very sharp so you take an additional 2 points of piercing damage okay. as you land next to the sailors who were trying to scramble up this rope ladder the the creatures that have climbed onto the reef are 30 feet from you and this is considered difficult terrain as they come just wading through the water towards you. At the top of the round is one of them and they are going to... They're going to come forward 15 feet uh, using all of their movement given it is difficult terrain and then they are going to... They re- bring up their spear and they just throw it towards one of the crew who are trying to scramble up the rope ladder. And they will hit with a 12. Weak crew. One of the crew takes a total of seven points of piercing damage as they are struck in the back by this spear. Let me just double check what their... Yikes. Their health is. Oh, the crew were level 20, though. Okay. Um, the, that one dies. Oh, oh my god. god. Oh, they just struck in the back shit. of the spear. Eyes go wide and they just flop back into the ocean. Their Weep. body now just floating limply in the shallow water above the reef. It is now Amali's turn. What um, are you doing? I think I run to the edge of the um, railing and I see what's happening and I get really frightened and so I just open my mouth and all of the wonderful cuss words that I learnt under Archie's tutelage come pouring out. That's my girl! (laughs) I cast a vicious mockery on... How far is is, is the uh, range? It's 60 feet. 60 feet. Yeah, so... Um, So could you describe one of these strange creatures for me? Some feature that distinguishes them from the others. Um, so they have an eyebrow piercing with just a little sort of like um, hand carved little love heart hanging off it. Oh, how nice. Yes. I wonder how they got that. And then I'm going to kill them. Um, 
That is a fucking... Are you doing vicious mockery? Vicious mockery. Oh, no. That means they have to make a wisdom 13 save. Wisdom 13. They succeed with a 17. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Nothing happens. I just cuss at them for Nothing happens. a minute. Yeah. So as you rush forward and you start, to, you start to cuss at them. But there, there's this strange kind of musicality to it. Yeah. As Amali, um, maybe, I'm not sure I'm not sure the way that you've designed this, but maybe it's almost unconscious the way that the colour sort of flows yes. through you and comes out in this, this musical cussing. <laughs> but... Um, for whatever reason, these these strange creatures on the reef don't seem to the one that you targeted at least does not seem to pay any mind to it. Next up Use is Mace. Awesome. Um, so Mace is going to um, just a quick question. If I have thirty five mm. feet, do mm-hmm. I can I move twenty feet? Can I move? Uh, you round round up. So we'd just say it'd just be fifteen. Fifteen. Fifteen okay. feet. Yeah. Um, well, Mace is going to. Um, I think I'll check that. Bonus action rage. Nice. So he's just gonna just see yes. like start shaking and then um, gets his ham- warhammer sledge thing and runs straight up to the the creature that was in front that moved fifteen feet. So mm-hmm. I guess they meet. Yes. What does this creature look like? It has like feature. a hammerhead's head. Oh, sick. Except one of its eyes is sort of whited out and blind. Yeah. And. It has a sort of scar on its chest that looks like a whirlpool. Awesome. That's a really cool, cool-looking creature. And Mace is going to make a bloody attack against it. And the whole time that this is ha- go ahead, the whole time that this is happening, there are screams from the from the crew and the passengers as Amali rushes forward, unleashes this string of insults, which has no effect, and Mace splashes forward towards this one, which has just killed one of the crew. That is a seventeen to hit. Seventeen definitely hits. Roll yes. damage. Cool. Oh, it's 2d6. Um, 12 damage. 12 damage. Yeah. So you rush in with your Warhammer, is it? A huge... Oh, it's a, it's a maul. A maul. It's just the sledge of stone. Yeah, this crude maul as you just rush in, splashing across the, splashing across the reef. You do take... A uh, single point of piercing damage from the sharp reef beneath your feet, and you just crack, uh, get this thing in the side, and you hear a few of the ribs break as it looks up at you. Its eyes uh, start to just go black and completely envelop the whites of the eyes. Right, I forgot. Um, also, um, just a question with rage do I take no damage or just one damage? Um, that's a good point. You would take one damage, yep. I'd say, okay. as a minimum. Okay, it is now Missy's turn on the deck of the ship. Um. If I if I get to the the side of the ship and I see it, can I climb down the rope ladder as like my that's my movement? That'd be all of your movement. Yeah, okay. to climb down. So I'm gonna do that, having seen the sailor get a javelin thrown into them. Mm-hmm. Are they like dying, like you know, death saving throws sort of thing? They've been killed outright. What? Yeah, they had like three health. Yep, very little health. Okay, so I sort of crouch down that, and I'm like, ah, oh, the nine hells, dang it. And I, I look up and I, I see these things and I, I go, Mace, be careful, will ya? And I reach into my bag and I pull out my gun called Sword. <laughs> and I'm going to uh, have a pop at... Um, uh, how many are there, sorry? There are four of them. One has been described as having an eyebrow piercing in the shape of a heart and the other has a hammerhead uh, with a blind eye and a whirlpool scar. Uh, I'm going to go for um, eyebrow piercing. Eyebrow piercing, go for it. Use my new to hit thing. 
Ah, uh, eleven to hit. Eleven does not hit, okay. unfortunately. So <laughs> there's this explosion of light and smoke, and well, I should say, I should say. So the way I load this gun because now it has my artificial infusion on it mm-hmm. so I do not need to put ammunition in it mm-hmm. per se so I sort of reach up into the air and move my hand down to load it and this like purple bullet forms in the air cool. as I load it cool. and it fires off but as, as it goes past as I miss my target it sort of dissipates mm-hmm. into the air right. again. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we now come to the uh, we now come to the sailors' turn. They spend their turn scrambling to get up the uh, up the rope ladder because there are three of them now just in a panic trying to get up. They only get halfway up the ladder, um, but they are like looking down as the rope ladder swinging to and from, and a few of the crew are leaning over the railing on the deck of the ship and holding it steady for them, just saying, "Come on, come on, come on!" It is now Rizzy's turn. All right, <laughs> I'm gonna go for the one. So I'm gonna run up to like. The, the railing mm-hmm. and I'm gonna just like stick my arm out and go for the one with the eyebrow piercing mm-hmm. um, and do guiding no yeah guiding yes. bolt guiding do it guide that bolt Ooh. oh uh, 14 14 hit yeah, yeah boy yeah. need some right. d6 no I'm just gonna do it on the calculator but I'm gonna make the ambience ready Three. two one, one. Nice. <laughs> 15 it's points a good of damage. Roll. 15 points of damage. With the nice guiding one. bolt. Um, yeah, and that's all I do. Okay, oh, so. I'm also going to take out my warhammer and with one hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you draw your warhammer rushing forward as the sailors are scrambling up the rope ladder. Um, what does guiding bolt look like? Do you have an idea of the aesthetic of this, this spell? Yeah, so it looks like a yellowy sort of like. Water effect? Oh no, that looks like piss. I'll do It sort of ripples like water, mm. but then as it reaches the target, it like hardens up and becomes really like violent looking. Awesome. So this violent piss. This streak of this green fluid looking uh, substance just comes out from nowhere from um, Rizzy's arm as she channels the colour which is the magical energy into her weaves it into the guiding bolt and it streaks down towards the one with the eyebrow piercing Um, and as it gets closer it hardens into what looks like an icicle almost as it is struck in the chest, falls back briefly and then stands back up and begins to limp forward a little bit its eyes now they've gone you, you could see that the black of their eyes is like shrunk it's um, um, shimmering as well at the moment because we have advantage on our next very cool and it is now there's this green sort of shimmer around it making it more visible Archie it is now your turn alright uh, would it be possible to have a look around at the kids make sure they're alright and also have a look around if there's anything I can put in the sling that I pull it, whip out of my of my uh, belt. Mm-hmm. So the kids are cowering on the other on right. up against the railing and they are okay, but they're very very frightened. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's no, there's no cannonballs, but you could probably find. I'd say. <laughs> I don't think I could lift up a cannonball. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. I feel like uh, because Missy doesn't need their ammunition anymore because mm-hmm. I've got I've got twenty. Bullets. Mm. Mm-hmm. I probably would have given at least ten to. Okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. They're very very small, but yeah. Well, that means they're, like can... mus- they're like musket shots. Musket balls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that means I can 
hit from really hard. Yeah, I'll allow it. You'll take a penalty to the damage, but I will allow it. Yeah, that's okay. <clears throat> um, so, seeing the kids alright, feeling the uh, the musket bullets, I, I chuck one in my sling and I run over to the um, the side of the boat. Mm-hmm. Does, do they look to be 30 feet away? They are probably the one that has come forward. The hammerhead um, is probably within... Yeah, I'd All say right. within 30 feet. Well, I wind up my sling and I, I let one loose. So yeah. I have a higher AC. Um, he is above you. He is above yeah. you. So. True, high advantage. Yep. That works. I really want you, Mace, though. What about one? Natural one, you might. All right. Natural 20. Natural Yay! 20. First natural 20 of the podcast. Uh, roll some damage for me. So how are we doing natural 20s? Um, roll twice? Yes, we'll yeah. roll twice. Damaging, so doubling the damage dice. Is that homebrew or not? No, that's the official rule set. So that is six points of bludgeoning damage. Six points of bludgeoning damage as it is, and you will take a negative one to the damage as well given it is a musket ball mm-hmm. not appropriate for the sling but you and it flies you know straight how, and true you know how golfers sort of leave their swing like yeah. after they swing <laughs> their swing and I swing up and I just leave my arm for a bit leave it there and the musket ball streaks towards this creature and hits it in the other eye that was not blinded on the on the hammerhead as it begins to reel um, from the damage it has sustained and it is now its turn um, it is going to. It is actually going to take the disengage action from you, Mace. It's going to stumble back, having been hit twice now by yourself and the uh, and Archie's sling, and it is going to turn around and start splashing um, away from you. And it actually, as it takes a few steps, it dives down, so it's like just beneath the surface and begins to swim and it gets a total of 40 feet away from you as it is swimming away. It is now um, one that has not been described yet is going to come towards... It circles around, coming 15 feet towards you, Missy. What do you notice about this creature as it brings up its spear? Um, It is just entirely missing its top lip. Mm -hmm. So you just see, like, teeth. That's disgusting. It looks like it's been bitten off. Yeah. Yuck. Okay, so this creature with a missing upper lip and its teeth just bared, looking particularly frightening, comes splashing forward, brings up this very crude spear and goes to throw it at you, Missy. That is going to be an 18 to hit. It does hit. That will do it. Um, You take a total of five points of piercing damage as it it cuts open your arm as it uh, doesn't make proper contact but slices open a pretty nasty wound on your shoulder. And that is going to be its turn. Now, um, another one which is not, has also not been described yet, is going to use its action to dash towards Missy. Is, is, um, is, there, is there four of them? There, there are four, four of them, yes. Yeah, one of them is retreating. Um, what do you notice about this one as it's charging towards you, circling around Mace and coming in um, for the kill? Inordinately large ears, just big ears. Yeah, just human shaped ears. So, like human shaped ears. These creatures, I was about to say, these creatures have uh, these fins on either side of their head, which look as if they could be ears, but clearly aren't. And these things are huge on this one. Okay, that brings us back to the top of the round. It is the one with the eyebrow piercings turn. Um, This one is also going. 
No, this one is going to come forward as well. Um, it is going to run up towards you, and it has this crazed look in its eye, and is, as it like bears these long, um, these dark green claws, um, it approaches you and is going to make an attack. Um, the first one is an eight to hit. Miss. The second one is a eleven to hit. Miss. Okay, so eight. both attacks. <laughs> Just you step backwards and maybe catch one of them on your maul. It is now Amali's turn. Um, so who are the ones engaged? You've got a couple on Missy. You've got the eyebrow piercing mice. And oh, you've got eyebrow. You've got eyebrow. Um, okay, so I think I'm going to. I'm going to look at. I'm going to focus in on eyebrow piercing, mm-hmm. and I'm going to um, like. I reckon this is something. Um, I was seen maybe once that my mum did to someone when she was in a really bad mood and I'm going to start like singing but slightly off key mm-hmm. and so I'm going to try casting Dissonant Whispers on the eyebrow piercing dude okay. so that's a wisdom 13 save wisdom 13 on eyebrow piercing and it's a natural 4 yes okay, so talk they to me take... about Dissonant Whispers so um, they take so you can hear me um, so they take 1 no 3d6 Ooh. damage Ooh. Yeah. yeah, 3d6 damage, and then um, they have to use their reaction to get away from me uh, as yeah. quickly as possible. Okay. Okay. Hey! Oh. So that's, that is... Uh, 16. 16 damage. What did you roll? Two sixes and a four. You annihilate that one. As you begin to weave this slightly off-key song in front of Mace, it begins to... These eyes are purely black at this point as it steadies itself for another attack, opening its mouth. And then this strange sort of slack expression comes over its face and its eyes just begin to begin to close a bit and then it rocks back and forth and then just... <laughs> its neck just breaks. Ooh. And then it <laughs> splashes Whoa. into the water in front of you, dead. Okay. And with that, it is your turn. Okay, um... Is, are there any creatures that I can get to... Um, I would say that you can you can double back and get to either of the ones that are on Missy. Missy's currently being flanked. Uh, I, oh, also, they're, they're both on. I don't no, no, no. Throwing... You're right. Yeah. Sorry, my mistake. One of them is on Missy, and one has is 15 feet from her. You could get to either go, of them. I'm yeah. gonna go to the one that's 15 feet from her. Yep. Them. Th- from them. Thank you. Um, and reckless attack it. All right. Because I have that now, which means I have yes. advantage. Um, yes. This is a question for another thing. Okay. Way. How do I roll it up? Thank God. Um, <laughs> so one is a 18 to hit. 18 definitely hits. Yeah, roll but now it has advantage on me, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Um, is there we go. <laughs> is this Angry Birds? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So nine plus two is 11, plus three is 14 damage. 14 points of damage. Very nice. So you just blindside this thing, I imagine, as you come in and just shunt it forwards and it falls over and you bring up your maul and just crunch down on it as it just, like, like splashes around like a fish out of water for a moment and then stands back up and just bears its teeth at you. It is now Missy's Ooh, turn. Can I yes. bonus action daunting roar? Is, is Reckless Attack a bonus action? I'm not no, sure. It's just, a, it's just a thing that you can choose to do, right? I don't know. It's oh, your no. class. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, no, it's got nothing to do with any of that. So I'm gonna bonus action daunting roar. So okay. it needs to take a D a D twelve wisdom save. 
uh, fails on a natural four. Yeah. It's right. Oh, it can't move any closer. So to as it gets disadvantage. Up, yeah, with Which disadvantage. negates the reckless. Incredible. So this creature stands up and goes to face off with you. It snarls at you, and then you just let out this hugely, um, this really, really loud roar, and it just stumbles back and looks at you, and its eyes do that thing where they, they, uh, they begin to shrink, and it is now Missy's turn as you hear this roar from Mace and see this creature just <laughs> cowering in front of him. All right, Mace, all right, all right. Uh, I would just like to quickly thank the two of you, and I'm talking to the, the two monsters, the one Ooh. on me and the one that was attacking me, mm-hmm. for participating in my experiment. Oh, no. Now, I assume our mace came in sort of from the side yes. for this creature. Mm-hmm. Yep, the cool. one that's 15 feet from I me. reach into my bag and I get this hose out <laughs> okay. and I point it at it and okay. I say, taste some of Missy's caustic brew. Ooh. <laughs> and awesome. they both need to make uh, dex saves. Dex saves. Okay, so this is missing lip and large ears. Natural 20 for missing lip. And a that is a ten for large ears. So that's the distance. Large ears is the one on you. Okay. Is so the, I, I managed to spray large ears mm-hmm. in this acid, mm-hmm. uh, and at the beginning of its from all of its turns, it will take two uh, d four damage. Mm-hmm. It can spend Ooh. an action, or anyone can spend an action to scrape the acid off. Awesome. Um, and this is a concentration spell. Awesome. So. Very cool. So as Mace roars, Missy takes out this strange hose contraption from her bag, and I imagine the force of it maybe catches you off guard. So you, you like are kicked back by it, and you spray this this one in front of you as it is covered with this caustic acid. Uh, the sailors now climbing the ladder. They look down at their fallen friend, but climb up to the top of the to the top of the ladder and are hauled on to the deck from the other by the other crew. And it is now Rizzy's turn. Alright, I'm gonna see uh, Missy being attacked um, and do another guiding bolt. Am I allowed to do that? Um, I believe so. It, yeah. Does guiding bolt take up a spell it slot? Does. It does. Okay, so you would have two spell slots, I think, at your level, or maybe more. I have three. You have three. Um, and then do another guiding bolt um, towards the one that's on Missy. Yep, the one that's just been sprayed with acid. With acid. Awesome. And try and hit it. Oh, eight. eight does not hit, right. unfortunately. Um, and then I'm gonna swing down onto the wreath. Okay, That's so you're just gonna jump over the over the railing. Is there rope ladders? Um, there is a rope ladder, but will, it's being used. You'll have to, yeah. It's at the the sailors are currently at the top of it, crawling onto the decks. So you won't be able to get onto it. Okay, cool. So that is Rizzy's turn as you conjure up another guiding bolt, but it fizzles in your hand as you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's quite cool. So you slime on the deck. You cast this. You cast this green fluid, which streaks towards the uh, the one with the large fins on either side of its head, but it doesn't solidify, and it just splashes across it and dissipates. It is now Archie's turn. Damn. Next time. All right. All right. So, there's none in 30 feet of me now. Uh, the one on Missy's probably within 30 feet. All right. Because that one is um, right at the base of the ship. So, I'm going to subtly uh, try and cast X. We'll try and do subtly. Mm-hmm. On that one. A subtle hex. A subtle hex. On that mm. one. Yep. And then I'm just going to go for another pot shot. Another natural 20. Oh, yeah! <laughs> we told you, it's all 20 and 1s here. 20s and 1s. Um, so that's a 
I've not had a single dirty 20 yet. Mm. Oh, oh, max damage. So, um, that's 10 damage. Mm-hmm. Plus, do I double the d6 as well for Hex? No. Uh, no. no. So, 13 points of damage. 13 points of damage. You'll see that is reduced to 12 given the muskets. Mm. Still a very good hit. Always good. Hold I imagine your eyes flash this sort of... What colour do you think your eyes would flash as you channel the hex? Green. Green. So there's this flash of green in your eyes and you focus in on this creature that is still flailing about from the caustic acid and then the musket ball flies straight and true somehow despite its weight and size and not being appropriate for a sling. I, I just kiss my I kiss my <laughs> kiss your bones <laughs> as it swells slightly and Yuck. this creature is clocked in the side of the head. It is now the one with the hammerhead's turn. Um, they are going to yes they're in front of you Mace is that right? They, they swam away from me for No, they did swim away from you. Yes, awesome. So that one continues to swim away and disappears over the edge of the reef and down into the ocean. The one with the missing lip is going to... Can't make an attack against you because it's frightened. Um, well, it has disadvantage. has disadvantage, but if it's frightened, it has to move away. Oh, no, that's not true. No, it just means it has disadvantage. Yep. Okay, so... But it just is a straight roll, isn't it? Given the reckless attack. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so this thing, despite uh, looking up at you and sort of quaking with fear, it is just overtaken by this bloodlust and comes charging in. And actually, I think, if I'm correct about Sahu again, has advantage on melee attack rolls against any creature that doesn't have all of its hit points. Ooh. So it does get advantage and it's going to make two attacks against you. (laughs) Damn. First one is going to be a 12 to hit. No. Uh, And that's less than that. So the first attack does not hit. Second attack, 12... Nothing. Yeah! So despite having advantage, I'm this a, thing yeah. lunges in with a claw and then tries to, opens its mouth wide, tries to bite you, and you probably just <laughs> grab it by the throat and shove it backwards. Yeah, I imagine this is... Mace hasn't done this in a while, and I think he is just loving it, dodging, mm-hmm. grabbing, pushing mm-hmm. away. Awesome. One-on-one is his thing. Mm. Like, he's a gladiator, so... Yeah. Fantastic. So this, now at the beginning of the one of the large ears is turned as it's just starting to flail against the caustic acid as it burns into its skin. Five points of damage. Five points of damage. And it is now in a wild uh, effort to to stay alive. Doesn't quite really know what it's doing. It's just going to lash out with two attacks against you. Do you have all of your, all of your health or you've taken no. damage? Okay, with advantage. Uh, nah, tend to hit natural one. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <clears throat> Are we doing opportunity attacks on natural ones? Um, do you have a melee weapon drawn? No, but can I use my gun? I was thinking that could be a d4. Uh, yeah, so the butt, the butt end of butt your of gun. gun. Yeah, go on. <clears throat> nice. Add your strength modifier to it. Go on, then. Uh, yeah. On the damage? On the damage, yes. And to hit, would I just use its normal to hit thing? Um, I would say for that one... Probably strength so as well. Do the same as a as an unarmed strike. Yeah, as an unarmed strike, I'll say. Which is what? should say should, should say at the bottom thing. of your. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, plus three. Yeah. Fourteen. Fourteen hits. Yeah, so one d four plus my strength plus your strength. Ah, nice. two damage. Two nice. points of damage. So it takes. Like, you bring up the butt of your gun and it just, like, clips off the side of its jaws. It, <laughs> get out! Get! Get! I'm going to make one more attack with advantage. Um, my god, that's a nine. 
That will hit. That's an 18. That's the second attack. You take a total of... What type of damage is this? This is slashing damage. You take five points of slashing damage as it comes across and just rakes a claw across your belly. Mm. It is now the top of the round. It is Amali's turn. Okay, um, I think having cast that and see its neck broken, I'm just like, that was so cool. Um, I'm going to... Mm, I'm going to take my dagger and I'm going to try and peg it at the one because we've got one covered in acid right now one attacking mace mm-hmm. is that it? it the other two are That's running it. away one swimming away one swam away the other one is dead okay um i i think inspired by archie i'm gonna be like oh, i reckon i can do this so i'm gonna throw the dagger Where the f- are you going for the one on mace i uh, no, for the one on missy so actually yeah because my mm-hmm. it would have to be 20 foot. Yeah, so it wouldn't get to the wild maze. Oh, it would 20. Is it within 20 foot? 20 feet. 20 feet. 20 feet. <laughs> 20 foot. Because uh, <laughs> it misses right near the. Yeah, it's right at the base of the ship. I would say it is within 20 feet because Mace only took 10 foot of bludgeoning damage okay, when he right, jumped right. off. So I'm going to try. I'm going to try to get it. <laughs> wow. So Fine. for those of you listening along at home, Isha has an aversion to rolling dice normally I for some reason. We've tried to figure it out. We've tried did, to teach her. You literally threw that four It just hands. launched across the table. She was okay. aiming for Hugo's dice tray, but it I even up. had, like, my hand was okay. used as, like, a backboard. Okay. And she okay. threw it over my hand. Did you hit... It was a 10. It was a 10. A 10 does not Okay, hit. well, fine. On my, I'm going to use my bonus action. When that I just lose a dagger, um, I'm going to sing my favourite nursery rhyme, and that gives uh, Mace Bardic Inspiration. Can you reach me? Yeah, because it's been 60 foot. Okay, sorry. Great. That's okay, it's now Mace's turn. Sick. As you I'm hear me. the dulcet tones of Amali's ch- young voice... <laughs> Echoing twinkle, across the, twinkle, the ocean. It works. It does the job. Um, <laughs> I am going to stare back at this creature and mm-hmm. do just <sighs> one more reckless attack and just bring my maul down on top of its head. Awesome. Go on, then. Mm. Yeah, nice. So that's a dirty 20. Yes! Was that a call out of the name of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it just might be. So a dirty 20 is what we have called uh, when you make a roll and it might equal... The roll might be a 17 on the actual dice and there could be a modifier of plus 3. An unnatural equals, 20. An unnatural yeah, 20, if you will. Yeah. All right. Yeah! Oh, so that is max, max damage. damage. So that is... What is matched at? Um, 17 damage. Yeah, that thing is dead. Yeah. As you bring up the maul and just you cave in the top of its skull as it just falls to the ground, its neck broken, its skull just in pieces and blue, dark blue blood begins to just seep into the water around it as it's floating limply beneath your feet. Nice. Does that conclude your turn? Um, and then I'm going to um, go back to one, the one towards Missy. Mm-hmm. Also... I should probably take damage for previous round and this round in terms of movement. In terms of movement, you're right. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one point of damage, and so three points of piercing damage altogether from rounded down to movement. One. That was all rounded. Okay. Yep. Also, I roll a concentration saving throw because I got hurt. Oh, yes. And the acid disappears. The acid disappears, so the acid just seems to vanish one. off this Thank you very much. creature. <laughs> 
So when uh, when a player casts a spell that requires concentration, meaning their character has to concentrate on maintaining the spell, if they take damage or are attacked, they need to roll in order to maintain it. So that's what just happened there. So that brings us to the end of Mace's turn and brings us to the beginning of Missy's turn. Um, okay, I mean... The one with the large ears is rocking back and forth. What are the rules again for using a ranged uh, weapon attack on something that's right up in your business? Disadvantage. Disadvantage. Yeah. I think I'm going to just go for that. I'm going to raise my muscle. Just like try to like angle it and Mm -hmm. shoot it right in front of me. Mm -hmm. So I have disadvantage. Nine. <laughs> so you rock backwards and I imagine you take a step backwards to try and angle the musket up directly underneath its chin but you slip on the reef and pff, splash down. Dang, 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 dang. Can someone kill this dang thing for me? Rizzy, I'm, I'm still kissing my Is bicep. it going to be you? <laughs> I hear Missy like crap help and I'm like, okay, I can try. Or a heel, frankly. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit hurt. <laughs> the crew at this point and the passengers are starting to cheer. The fear seems to have dissipated and they're seeing you all perform and kill these things and they're starting to, yeah, kill it, kill it, kill it. Just bloodthirsty. Right, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to charge up another guiding bolt and just hope for the best. You got this, you got this, you got this. Okay, a 13. Definitely hits. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Ah, sorry. 4d6. Mm-hmm. Hold on, just let me uh, get the ambience. Oh, wait, okay, wait. We're effectively Three, doing the same two, thing by Hugo one. rolling. <laughs> rolling on a 16! Very nice. Well, I was going to use a phrase which I can't use um, because it is patented. So instead, I'm going to say, what happens now? <laughs> As the last, I wonder what phrase that could be. The last of these, I, I have no idea. It. What events follow? <laughs> what events follow? As the last of these creatures is just roiling back and forth and you... So after missing the, the last time, Rizzy's like, all right, and like musters up all her energy um, and does like a double-handed guiding bolt. Um, and it sort of like loops around the back of the creature and then sticks it in the back. Awesome. So this green energy um, shoots forth towards this creature and as you say, splits off, comes around the back and as it it, like leans forward to uh, make one last attack against Missy and you just see this green energy, this spiky green energy just explode Ah! through its chest (laughs) and some of this dark blue blood is splattering onto you. Sorry! And then... it falls down and it collapses on top of Why would you make the bolt come from behind it when I'm in front of it? I don't know. That's cool. Ah. And with that, the combat has ended and a huge cheer goes up from the crew and the passengers on the deck. So now with the creatures lying dead in the water around you, three of them, their lifeless bodies bobbing in the, the shallow reef uh dark blue blood pooling around them there's a cheer that goes up from the crew on the deck of the salt wind and then it is quieted by captain rashan leaning over the railing and saying come aboard you two three two two how many of our how many of you are there i can't see <laughs> just two just two yes come aboard please i'd like to squeeze you no. Do you want the bodies? Um, no, that's quite all right. Thank Missy, you, though. Do you want the bodies? No, I don't want... No, do want <laughs> You know what? I will take a body. Thank you for asking. I'm going to walk back to the thing, being more careful this time, mm-hmm. rage off and just pull it in the water. Yeah. Okay. And the other one as well. So you drag this, yes. this yes. limp um, fish-like creature the behind you. As well. oh. yeah. I'm, just, I'm going to, like, 
lie down and just like splash some water to mm-hmm. clean off mm-hmm. some of the blood, which was thrown onto me, thankfully, <laughs> by Rizzy. I saved your life. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> so the pair of you climb up the rope ladder, you dragging one of them behind you. I imagine your strength is probably more than enough. Um, so you climb up the rope ladder, the crew holding it steady, and as you come up, a, a half-orcish man um, reaches down, gives you a hand, helps you onto the deck, <sighs> and then as you come up, a half-elvish woman steps up and helps you onto the deck as well. That was mighty impressive, love. Hope you come. Thank helps you. you onto the deck. <laughs> Mace, then, take that, that body down to my uh, office, will you? I'm going to have a peek around. Okay. I'm so, do that. as the two of you climb onto the deck and you regroup with the, the other three, um, the passengers and the crew crowd around you and start to applaud and Captain Rashan is standing there with a, a grin on their face, hands behind their back, and they nod to you all and... Well, please allow me to extend my my humble thanks for your services in in saving the, what you could of our, our crew. It is a shame that we had to lose one of them, of course, but you've all proven yourselves as being rather capable. I think a formal introduction is in order. My name is Captain Rashan. I am at your service. You're aboard the Salt Wind, my faithful vessel, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you on board indeed. Remind me of your names, please. I did get them when you boarded, but... Uh, my name is Miss Randas Kelthaladron, but you can call me Dr. Missy or even Professor Missy. Dr. Missy. A pleasure. And yourself? Uh, Archie. Archie. Archie's the name. Playing games is the game. <laughs> <laughs> Gives you a quizzical look for a moment and then... Archie. A pleasure. Yeah. And yourself, little one? M- my name is Amalda Notwise Nautilus and I killed one of them all by myself. Yes, yeah, rather shocking. Yeah. But I screamed at it too. It was really fun. Can anyone see Smelly Belly? Uh, the Smelly Belly appears from behind the mast and just, <laughs> and just over to her. cautiously creeps over to you. And yourself, Mace. I saw you below deck earlier. Quite handy with that mole of yours. Thank you. Mm. Are you going to pay us? Uh, unfortunately, um, no. But I am. I am forever thankful and. Uh, uh, please, well, uh, your, yourself first before we go any further. Yes, my name's Rizzy. Rizzy. Thank you, Rizzy. Captain. A pleasure. A pleasure. Thank you all once again. Um, I would like to uh, uh, do the honour of introducing you to four of my, my best and brightest on board the ship. And the half-orc, the half-elf that helped the two of you onto the deck, they um, approach as well as a big rotund minotaur who just come. Stepping across, and a tabaxi also approaches, which is like a also like a cat person, but more has a demeanor of a leopard more than a lion, as opposed to the Leonin. And Captain Rashan gestures to each of them, gesturing to the half orc first. This is my first mate. This is Renath. He is um, very capable and has been with me for a very long time. And the half orc, pleasure to meet you all. <clears throat> And this here is Quartermaster Venkane, gesturing to the half-elf. She knows her way around a map like no one I've ever met before, and she's a very valuable asset to the crew. Gee, mighty fine work down there, the, the two of you and the three of you as well. My, you've got to, you certainly have your handle on color, I can tell you that much. What? Mm. And this is Bosun Kiris, gesturing to the Minotaur, who is, ah. <laughs> And doesn't say anything else. <laughs> and this here is our... Uh, hey? Friendly fellow? Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, Bosun Kyrus is, uh, is a woman of um, short words, but uh, knows her way around the, 
the ship and um, repairs like no other. I'm gonna walk up to Burst and be like, hold out a, a fist to pump. <laughs> Looks at it for a moment. Oh think? yeah, I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> and connects with a very meaty. That's <laughs> disgusting. And this, of course, is our uh, our wonderful cook wave on the shore, and the the tabaxi with a rather um, kind of dismissive demeanor. Looks to you on nice work. You can call me with. <clears throat> well, given you've all proven yourselves capable, I I think it would be the least that I can do is um, is offer you a uh, a strong drink in my quarters this evening. And please, we're going to be at shore for uh, sorry, we're going to be at sea for another twelve days at least. If you're interested in some work, keeping yourselves occupied, and perhaps making a few extra extra coins on the on the journey please see any one of these four and they'll uh, I'm sure they'll be able to drum up some work for you once again thank you very very much you uh, actually now uh, now you bring it up I would into mind a bit of compensation for keeping the kids entertained on the boat so they're not an asshole oh yes of course you uh, you've done rather well at that well unfortunately that's not really my responsibility I'd say you'd have to talk to their parents about what they all say. Getting some kind of compensation. Um, Ashi, Ashi, can I have a strong drink as well? Yeah, whatever. Is it strong drink? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. No, I'm, I'm no, about, no, it's no. not Archie. Well, well, she's got lets me have it all the time. Sometimes. Well, sometimes. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. But I'm older than I look, and I look up at Missy from my minuscule <laughs> eyes. I'll make a compromise with you. You you can't have a strong drink. We'll, we'll make you up something nice, okay. but Smelly Belly can. What? Really? Yeah. We'll can put some put some rum into a little bowl for him. Is this going to be like another one of your little experiments, except with my cat? No, no, oh. I would... Never do that. <laughs> well, I'll leave you to it. Shouts out to the crew. Back to work. Let's get this ship moving again. Anyone that got hurt, please come down to my my office. I'll patch you up as best I can. I'm making I'll come my with way you. with with one of the Sahuagin over <laughs> my shoulders. Wonderful. I'm gonna yeah. Come on down. Mm. Uh, Renath, the half orc, walks alongside you and offers a hand with carrying the body. Um, and he, <laughs> nasty. We call them sea devils. They're pretty uh, pretty horrible things. Mm. Known to attack ships and raid coastal villages. Pretty easy to kill. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Walks with you, claps you on the shoulder. And with that, um, a few more, about half an hour, an hour goes by before the ship is dislodged and begins to, begins to sail once again. And I think that is where we will end our first session Woo! of the Dirty 20 podcast. Woo! Oh my um, gosh. Uh, what we're going to do as a tradition for ending these episodes is I will give out something we have coined the Dirty 20, which is a 20-sided dice. Um, I was going to uh, I was going to buy some like nice metal dice for it, but I haven't got around to that, so someone can just have this this uh, $3 set of dice that I bought on Wish.com. Um, yes, but I've always wanted. But what they can do with this for the next session, if they roll and they're unhappy with the roll and they think it's important enough, they can use this Dirty 20 to roll again with advantage. So it's very powerful. And the way that I decide who this goes to is uh, whoever I think or we collectively think had a really good combat moment or a really good roleplay moment or just... Just had a, a good moment of play. Gets the 
Dirty 20. Mm -hmm. And I am going to give the first ever Dirty 20 to Archie. Yes! <laughs> for the uh, the nice the role play that you had with Mace on the deck about the, oh, the betting. Great. I think that was a really nice embellishment. I've got to watch my back now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with that, I think some thank yous are, of course, in order. Isha, did you want to kick us off? Yes. First of all, thank you to the wonderful artists who have um, helped us with creating our logo and uh, group portraits, all that stuff, which uh, will be available online on a platform at some point in our lives um so after dusk underscore art is uh one of the hand one of her handles um on uh instagram and the other one is at ninja drinking tea on instagram um check out their work it's gorgeous and we're very happy with what they've done for us it's very pretty go follow them Yes, do it. follow them. Please. I dare you. Um, we should mention that the incredible intro music and outro music was done by our very own uh, Solomon Rumble for the most part. And we did have... Uh, not just I. Not just yourself, um, yes. I would like to thank Henry Lucas, uh, a dear friend, uh, beloved, uh, which you will be missed. Oh, <laughs> did he die? <laughs> he put a lot of work into the intro. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know how Instagram works, so I don't know a handle, but the name is Henry Lucas. <laughs> Give it a go. Try and find <laughs> it if you're ever in Melbourne. Yeah. See what comes up. Um, yeah, so a great musician. They helped us with um, uh, mixing, finishing off the song, producing the song, mastering. Yeah, so yeah. thanks for that. Awesome. Thank you, Henry. Um, and of course, thank you to all of you guys. Thank you for, thank thank you. You for listening. Thanks, yeah. Fraser. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And follow at... Dirty 20 Podcast on Instagram. We will also have a Twitter, which will go live soon. Eventually. And when that, that happens, we'll tell you where to follow that. We'll also have a, a world anvil at some point, hopefully. No, I'm sure we will. Um, Should we also thank, I don't know, Wizards of the Coast or something like this? <laughs> I don't... Thank you, Wizards of the Coast. When they sponsor our podcast, um, just a real, just really, really quickly. Everyone tweet as well. at Wizards of the Coast. Tell them to sponsor us. Yes, please, thank you very and much. Say, please and, do that. Well, I thought our Twitter was um, solely for nudes. That's going to be our, that's going to be the dirty, yeah. dirty, <laughs> dirty, dirty um, yeah. Instagram and Twitter that eventually goes yeah. live coming out at a later date. Yeah, um, no, but I did want to say a really quick and and very sincere special thank you to everyone who's listened today um, because it really this is very exciting for us all and we're just navigating our way through it and figuring it all out and we I mean I'm having a blast and these guys all are as well so thank you so much for listening all the way through and if you enjoyed this uh, these first couple of months for us are really important so if you like the podcast um, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes or Spotify wherever you get your your podcasts and if you know someone who might be interested in this stuff recommend us to them even if you think they won't be interested just get them to listen anyway yeah. just do it tell your friends tell your families tell your enemies yeah yeah. why not try to reconnect with a lost lover <laughs> thanks for listening thank you guys and we will see you next week see you next time on the Dirty 20 Podcast <laughs>